0: A way of dealing with uh, criticism. And this was a donkey who was walking in the forest absent-mindedly and fell into a well. The well was dry and the donkey was very lucky that it didn't break any bones. But there was a donkey at the bottom of a well with no way out. So what did the donkey do? started shouting to try and get someone's attention. And the donkey had been trying this for over an hour when a farmer heard it. Unfortunately, the farmer was a very bad man because when he saw the donkey in the bottom of the well he did want to help it. Serves you right, you stupid animal. But then the farmer thought, that's a very dangerous hole in the ground. Now he may fall into it, or one of his friends may fall into it. It needs to be filled in. And he thought, I'll fill it in with the donkey in the bottom so I can kill that stupid donkey and also fill the well at the same time. So he got out a spade and started shoveling dirt into the well. And the donkey couldn't understand what was happening. This farmer was throwing dirt all over him until he realized this farmer was trying to bury the donkey alive. And the donkey shouted at the top of her voice,
1: "Yo <laughs> yo!"
0: which in donkey languages means, don't do that, please. (laughs) (laughs) But did the farmer stop? No. He kept shoveling and shoveling and shoveling dirt over the donkey until finally the donkey went quiet. And the farmer thought he'd already buried the donkey. But he hadn't. The donkey had got what in Buddhism we call insight. (laughs) he understood or she understood and the next shovel of earth over the donkey's back all the donkey did was to shake it off stamp it in and the donkey was one inch higher another shovel full of earth shake it off stamp it in and another inch higher so every shovelful of dirt thrown over the donkey, shake it off, stamp it in, got another inch higher every time. And that farmer was so busy shovelling, he never noticed a pair of donkey ears <laughs> appear just above the top of the well. He never saw the donkey head appear on top of the well. And so the donkey was high enough he could jump out of the well and he bit the, uh, the farmer on the backside to teach it the law of karma <laughs> bad things, and bad things will happen to you <laughs> and he ran off and that's how the donkey escaped and so you can tell your children when anyone criticizes you when they throw dirt over you don't complain just shake it off Stamp it in, and you're an inch higher every time. So that's the nice story of the donkey in the world. <laughs> and how your kids, when people call them idiots, stupid, don't worry about it, shake it off, stamp it in, and they're a little bit higher every time. So that's the donkey in the world story. <laughs> which is nice when you have lots of stories like that, which you make, some you make up, some you, you uh, read, and you. Um, change. That's actually a wonderful way of learning, So, the Dhamma, learning how to live a beautiful life without any problems. I uh, don't
1: remember, but I think I remember.
0: Didn't you study under Ajahn Chah? Yeah. Nine years. And you know why I studied under Ajahn Chah? I'd like to know. You'd like to know? Because I was born in England. And English people, where was it? English people like tea. Mm-hmm. And when I found a monk, whose name in Asia meant tea, char, <laughs> I realized that was a monk for me. Because <laughs> char is, you know, the Asian word for tea. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it translates as agent tea. <laughs> that's why I want to support tea <laughs> <laughs> What was, he like? I, I, what was he like? I can't get tired of stories about Ajahn, Ajahn Chah. Okay. I was with Ajahn Chah in I was in the back of a car. And there was two monks next to me in the car. Ajahn Chah was in the passenger seat. And there was a driver. We were taking someone to the railway station. On the journey, Ajahn Chah turned around. And he looked at this American monk from New Mexico. He was only a novice. His name was Gary. And he said to Gary, You're thinking of your girlfriend back in the U.S., aren't you? I've read this one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
1: This
0: is typical Ajahn Chah. This is how I remember him. (laughs) and this poor American novice realized Ajahn Shah had read his mind he was thinking of his girlfriend he had before he became a monk and so he was just so devastated Ajahn Shah was very kind, he smiled and said, I can help you next time you write to her ask her can you please send me something of yours So when you miss her, you can take that out, something to remind you of your girlfriend, so you won't feel so lonely. This was all done to an interpreter. And he replied, Is that allowable for monks and nuns to do that? To say, get a lock of my beloved's hair so I can look at it, or get, say, a piece of her dress with her scent on so I can smell it, so I don't feel so heartbroken, I'm separated from my girlfriend. And I said, yeah, sure, it's okay. But don't ask for some of her hair or a piece of her dress. Send her a little bottle and ask her for some of her shit. (laughs) So, whenever you miss your girlfriend, take off the bottle. Oh, that comes from my lover back in the United States. (laughs) He was gross. But it was so funny. <laughs> and it's also deep as well because that's what happens when people fall in love. I love everything about you, my dear. Mm. Yeah, not everything. <laughs> 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 so that was typical, Ajahn Chah. Other things he did. This is, I don't even he the story of the stick. Sometimes, he, he did this to me. I remember exactly what he did this to me. On the way back from Arms Round, he picked up a stick from the forest. He turned around to me and said, "Grandma Wangso, is this heavy, the stick?" Before I could answer, he threw it away. He said, "It's only heavy when you hold it. When you let it go, it's got no weight at all." Simple teachings like that. Uh, thank you. <laughs> 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 so, is losing a relation is that heavy? only if you hold it. Mm. If you can let it go, it's got no heaviness at all. Your biopsy results coming next week, is that heavy? Only if you hold it. So much of life, it's only when we grasp and hold it, it becomes heavy. If you let it go, there's no weight at all. Life is very light when you don't hold it. There's many great simple teachings, he said. Mm-hmm. So, those are the ones which I like because it was down to earth, very easy to understand, no jargon, and it made a difference in your life. So, that's, that's how the Dharma should be simple, funny, mm-hmm. you go away off with wow. I can see things in a better way. Thank you. <laughs>
1: You have to keep letting go (laughs) (laughs) You let go once Oh I let go of that for a minute And then you turn around And you pick it back up again
0: See if you can let go of the thing Which keeps picking things up Oh What keeps picking things up Why do you need to do that Sometimes like security blankets and stuff. Well, it's amazing how human beings always want something to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't have anything in your family, you go and watch these movies, <laughs> 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 or you can worry yourself sick, or you know it's, uh, soap operas. Find out what's happening in the next episode. Yeah. Or you worry about the football, or you worry about the cricket. In Sri Lanka playing in the cricket. Or the English are playing the cricket, and, or the you know who's going to win in the next Super Bowl. People love worrying, and we get addicted to the pleasure of worry. And sometimes we have nothing to worry about, we feel we're missing out on life. <laughs> <laughs> it's really true. So we create worries. So how do you ch- how do you
1: change the programming?
0: Program is. Oh, you just go to a place like Australia. Our favourite saying in Australia is, no worries, mate. (coughs) That's why they always say, Australian psychologists have the easiest jobs. Because in Australia they always say, she'll be right, no worries, pay your bill and then leave. (laughs) (laughs) Some more tea for you, actually? No, no, it's okay. Thank you so much, sir. Well, this is uh, How We Stop Worrying. Worrying is when we look into the future with a negative mind. Looking at all the things which might go wrong. That's called worry. So if you look in the future with a positive mind, that's called hope. So my saying is, don't worry, be hopey. (laughs) (laughs) So being hopey means the opposite. You don't think what's going to go wrong thinks what's going to go right. You don't think, oh, what happens if the cancer gets worse, I'm going to die. You think, what happens if the cancer gets better and I'm going to live? How many times does that thought go in your mind? Why is it we always think of the negative? So being Hopi is the opposite of worrying. That actually changes our life because we're so much into negative and thought finding, say, the worst possibility. that's why I love being Hopi as I told people when I was going over to uh, Europe in October and I had to fly all the way from Australia to London, it was flying over Syria and also Ukraine and that was just after they had shot down the uh, the Malaysian aircraft over Ukraine and that's what my Friend said, Ajahn oh, Brahm, can you please not go? It's dangerous. You know, you're just flying, minding your own business, and some sort of uh, rebels they shoot down your aircraft, mistaking it for something else. And I said, Look, I've got no worry at all about that. If my plane gets shot down, it's easy. You know, this robe over here serves many purposes. I just hold the four corners, and they become my parachute. <laughs> <laughs> And they said, but what happens if you get shot down or you have to make a forced landing over Syria? Because you know Syria is where the Islamic terrorists are. They took one look at me, now an infidel, Buddhist, and also white, and I'd be first one for the chopper, <laughs> as I said. So I had my plan. In case I got shot down over Syria and captured by the Islamic terrorists, all I would do is cut a small slit in my robe, put it over my head, that be my burqa. <laughs> and they wouldn't know who I was. <laughs> so that, that was my plan if I got to Syria. So I didn't have any worry at all. So that's my mind, don't worry, be Hopi. Why is it that people always worry about things? I
1: always feel like when I worry, I make sure that I plan for every <laughs> contingent, yeah. and that way,
0: that if way something you... does
1: go wrong, I'm prepared to fix it.
0: Everything which you plan for, how many times does that happen? Isn't oh, the...
1: everything that I've planned for <laughs> going wrong? No, <laughs> no that doesn't happen.
0: No. I've done that. Plan A, Plan A, Plan B, Plan C, Plan D. And it goes to even plan Z, and none of those happen. Mm-hmm. It's always something else. <laughs> that's usually <true>. something worse. <laughs> Sometimes something better, but it never works out as I expect. And that's actually one of the deep sayings of the Buddha. It's in the Saposa Sutra, I think. Whatever you think the future will be, it will always be something else. And when I read that, I thought, wow, that's powerful. Whatever you think it's going to be, it will always be different than that. And when you look at your life and all the things you thought you would do and where you would go and who you would be, you look at your life and it's never what you expected. It's always something different. When I look to that, I ask, what's the point of worrying? Because what act- will actually happen, there's no way I can predict it. It will always be something I never, ever expected, could not anticipate. So all my plans A, B and C, Ds, and Cs, were a total waste of time. So instead I'm going to enjoy this moment, and this is what I found out in life. If you plan, if you don't plan for the future, things go wrong, if you don't plan. If you do plan for the future, they go wrong anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Either way they go wrong,
1: <laughs>
0: so you might as well enjoy the present <laughs> by not worrying. And waiting for things to go wrong later on. <laughs> it's, it's true; they're going to go wrong each way. So you might as well not worry.
1: Sometimes they go right too. Yeah, like the things that. But
0: happen, uh, your yeah. worry and all your, your plans—they don't make them right. They go right despite you. <laughs> 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 so because of that, it's so a waste of time worrying about the future, planning for it, doing stuff. Hi. Sorry. Very good. Any other questions? How do you um, reduce the control freak inside of the people? The control freak. Have you got a partner, a girlfriend, boyfriend yet? No. Okay. When you get a girlfriend, if she's a control freak, you're going to have a hell of a time with her. (laughs) (laughs) Wendy's
1: to ordain at your monastery. At
0: my monastery. If it comes to my monastery, You'll find yeah. Ajahn Brahm is so different than being a control freak. <laughs> <laughs> are, th- are you working now? Not, not currently. Okay. Uh, have you worked before? Yes. So, Was your boss a control freak?
1: Not the recent one. Oh, you're
0: very lucky. Yeah. But the last one before was a control freak? Yes, I think so. Yeah. What was it like? Was it fun? Well, of course, no. of course not, no. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're a control freak, you can get away from your boss. You can get another job. You can even leave your partner. But you can't leave yourself. You're stuck with yourself for the rest of your life. So if you're a control freak, you know, you're stuffed. So if you want a happy life, stop controlling yourself. Stop being control freak. Be someone who's kind. Don't tell yourself what to do. Inspire yourself to do it. Use wisdom power, not willpower. You go far further in the world with wisdom power than through willpower. Thank you, Ajahn. Very good.
1: So, Ajahn, sometimes people come here who are feeling pretty desperate...
0: Desperate. Desperate. And I always what you need tell them
1: to listen to Ajahn <coughs> Brahm.
0: Me, you pass the puck. I
1: do. <laughs> <laughs> I must admit, I, I do my best. They do my yeah. job, but then I say, please She's listen so to Ajahn Brahm. And oh, okay. it really is so great. People get comfort. They get relief. They've it's so helpful. Here. We're so. So I get more invitations, more work, (laughs) no rest. (laughs) (laughs) I told
0: people at Google that last February I celebrated my 750th birthday. (laughs) True. I can't lie, I'm a Buddhist man, I don't lie. Last February I had a cake, happy 750th, Ajahn Brahm. Do I look 750? I was. was not a, a day ago. over 600 <laughs> <laughs> it was 750 750 I was last February 750 months since my birth <laughs> it was 62 and a half but I realised that 750 it's a milestone so I had a birthday cake any excuse to, to pick out was a muck. <laughs> nice chocolate cake, 750. So, it's much more awesome saying you're 750 than saying you're 62 and a half. <laughs> So, as a monk, you like to be old. The older you are, the more awesome you are. But anyway, the retirement age in Australia is 65. What's the retirement age in Australia, in the uh, US? Same. Same, 65? Mm-hmm. Unless you but choose to. So, okay, so i well, A monk's got no choice. You've just got to follow the culture in which you live. So I know that I'm over 63 now, 63 and a half. So another one and a half years I'm retiring. I thought monks well,
1: never retire.
0: No, I've got to. That's tradition, but you know, I always go against tradition. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 61. so you've got four years to go to retire.
1: But I figure I'll never retire.
0: Really? Well, maybe. Is it good I retire? I've done a really hard work. Over oh, 40 years is a month. I should get my nice little. Um, w- what do people do when they retire in the US?
1: Bug their spouses. Well, I oh. can't do that. <laughs> 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 yeah. What else can I do? You travel? Travel. Yeah. Go you around and travel. All the time.
0: Yeah, and travel time. That's no good. <laughs> so what else can I do? Watch TV. Watch TV, can't of that. I, don't yeah, yeah. I can just spend time in
1: the
0: cave. So, now nah, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's because I live in the cave. My mom made hey,
1: YouTube,
0: YouTube videos. YouTube videos? <laughs> 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 no, I'm trying to teach. That's why I ordain bhikkhunis. It's called succession training. It's called passing the buck. It's called I delegate. So I now dedicate all the teachings to you, so I can now relax and have a nice life.
1: <laughs> so then you've got four years, you've got to find somebody else. Yeah, <laughs> and the Anagarika. she's, out. Oh, she's yeah. out. yep, yes. she's, she's a perfect candidate.
0: So that's what she, we should do.
1: My, my mom and I stood in your cave and she saw the Buddha, she had a mm-hmm. vision we, in your cave. Yes.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> ah, okay. it a powerful cave <laughs> It is a powerful cave It is a powerful cave, yeah, yeah.
1: As the monk said, her whole aroma was different when she came out She yeah, saw you, Laura. I was just telling Ajahn Brahm that you, you had an experience when you stood in his mm-hmm. cave
0: Yeah Yeah, that
1: was quite an experience
0: Yeah It's a magic cave <laughs> Maybe you should get more people to go in there I think so. Maybe mm. get Obama to go in there. I think Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: And Merkel. The and Merkel, yeah, okay. Who else? Maybe the Pope. Yeah. Pope goes
0: in there. Because that's my goal in life. I <laughs> have some goals to achieve before I retire. <laughs> and my main goal is to convert the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> because once, no, look, once the Pope is a Buddhist... Then you get billions of Buddhists. You get all this incredible real estate, <laughs> you know, the Vatican, and all the big Catholic churches in San Francisco and the Bay Area. They'll become Buddhists because no, he's the boss. He's infallible. So if he says that Buddhism is the best religion, then we've got all these Catholics will have to follow it. So, wow, that'd be really good. So always go for the top. <laughs> <laughs> about small things. So that's my in eye to convert the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, truthfully, that when a Pope dies and they elect a new one, the new one, there's no actually rules for who they elect. They don't have to be a Cardinal. No, the people who select the next Pope, they can choose anyone. But when I heard about that, I really thought I said it in my CV. I was <laughs> going <laughs> So instead of Pope Francis, it would be Pope Brahm. <laughs> <laughs> that was really cool. <laughs> very, cool. Scary. very cool. But it didn't happen. I got my my, my application in too late. <laughs> you know what happens when you apply for jobs. The vacancy was filled by the time I completed my application. <laughs> or a female Pope. You know, if you don't know this story, but someone told me because they knew I was trying to get nuns uh, back into the Buddhism, in Theravada, you can give ordination to women as Catholic priests. There is a way. and It has already been done once. And it was this, uh, apparently it was a cardinal in South America somewhere, who was an expert in what's called canon law. Canon law is the rules and regulations which govern the whole of the Catholic Church. Even the Pope can't argue with that. And the canon law states that you cannot ordain a woman on earth, but you can ordain her on the sea. So, it it doesn't say that, it just says on earth, on dry land. So the loophole was he took this woman out on a boat, ordained her as a priest, and there's nothing anyone can do about it. She is legally, legitimately a Catholic priest. It was hushed up because the other Catholics realized that this was a loophole which they no one can argue with. So if you've got any Catholics who want to be a priest, get them out in the bay, <laughs> under the Golden Gate Bridge on the other side, give them ordination, they come back, they're legitimate Catholic priests. Cool, isn't it? Nice. Yeah, very cool. <laughs> 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 it's only back, uh, get them back, get
1: them, get women in
0: better power. <laughs> yeah. So once you get the Catholic priest as, as as women and then the Pope becomes a woman then the Pope can maybe change the canon law and get all the monks to be ordained at sea. <laughs> or the priest rather. Anyway. Does,
1: does the Pope get to change the canon
0: law? I, I don't think so. No, I think it's written a long time ago so maybe you can't do that. But anyway, it doesn't matter Going, go in a nice luxury liner to have a mass ordination of who was catching Chris? That's not that's not so bad. Okay, probably getting a bit exhausted now. Unless you want to squeeze a bit more out of me. <laughs> <laughs> One
1: last question,
0: anybody? One request. Yeah. Please don't go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was stopping. There are times. When everyone has to go. (laughs) Yeah? I do have one question. Um, Working here in Mountain View with the tech industry, um, how do you feel... Well, um, I guess my question to you is, are you familiar with uh, the gentrification that we see here in the Bay Area? Yeah. Um, As I am new to California, I would like to not uh, be part of the problem. Uh, I moved here for tech industry, and how how can I... um, how can I resolve that for myself? I, I feel as if, you know, I have moved here like others, yeah. uh, you know, I, I moved uh, for the, the work mm. and uh, I see so much, um, you know, homelessness and so much mm. uh, unfairness here in general yeah. uh, and I would like to not be part of that, so... Yes, well, look, I, I've seen so much land in California, it's not a problem with land. It's huge tracts of land all over the place. And when you go to places like India or Java, there isn't any land anywhere. So it's you know why not allow more land to be released, which will actually push down the price of land. It's only because people like, they want their land to maintain its value, they even go up, because houses are looked upon as being investments, just rather than uh, important um, social social capital. So release more land. And number two, uh, lessen the regulations so you can have smaller houses with more people in them. Sometimes the regulations are so strict you can't have a small house. And One thing which I remember Washington D.C. did, they amended the planning and building codes to allow small tiny houses. You know, they were comfortable enough, maybe only one room, small bedrooms, maybe only one toilet rather than the toilet en-suites and dress rooms, and goodness knows what else people have in houses. They made them much smaller so that they became affordable. <coughs> so we can actually make affordable housing, but and it's not the job of the builders, it's the job of current landowners and governments. And that was solve sort of a big problem. Housing will be affordable to people. People want the big houses; can still have the big houses, but you have the leeway, you have the choice. If you want to build a very tiny house, you can. And it also gets young couples into the housing market. Stuff with tiny houses; was very easy to live in. Why not? So, release more land, a change of building codes, and that will be part of the part of the problem solved.
1: Can we have a
0: group photo with you before you go? Yeah, you've got a photograph of me, you can actually... Uh, Just... To phot- ...photoshop it. Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes, come on, Thank do a photo. You.
1: Thank
0: you. So are you c- coming again in 2016? If your karma <laughs> is right... you it already, The <laughs> future is uncertain. Please don't worry about it. Whatever you think it will be, it will be different.